0: Ralph has tried out a new formation, and Salisu and Stevens are emptying their back pockets of the Premier League top goalscorer. Next up for Saints, a trip to the Champions. My name is Callum Wilson.
1: My name is Tom Murray, and this is Under the Lights.
0: Yeah, so uh, a good and a different display from Saints uh, against the Hammers at the weekend. Uh, the, the top court scorers in the division, um, Mikel Antonio up front spearheading that, they looked irresistible in the first few games of the season. And uh, Saints tactically got the better of them and, and really reduced them to, to to nothing. I think in open play, they created really one... So sort of half chance for, for Bowen. So um, we didn't score, but certainly had an obvious focus on not conceding.
1: Yeah, we looked incredibly solid. And I was really impressed watching that game, thinking that, you know, they're the top scorers. And at no point, aside from that Bowen chance, did I ever really worry about going 1-0 down because... I mean, I, I want to say it straight off the bat because I know he's had a lot of criticism, especially from me. But McCarthy put in a very dominant performance, came out, claimed everything. Can't remember him flapping at the ball at all. And of course, made a great strong save from Boehm So, you know, credit where credit's due. McCarthy had a really good game and that helped a really solid, it just sort of epitomised a really solid defensive performance, which we haven't we haven't seen for quite some time with Saints.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a I thought it was a fascinating game. I mean, the first half you could argue was was boring because essentially you had two sides that wanted to give up possession and, and play on the counter attack. West Ham looked really dangerous on the counter attack. They looked at their best when Saints had the ball, or, or I thought when when uh, when West Ham were defending a corner. That was sometimes the, the most switched on Saints had to be because every player was well inside. The, uh, the West Ham half of the pitch and a couple of times they broke away. Uh, I think Saints switched on to that more so in the second half. But I, I feel like West Ham did have more of the ball. We allowed them to have more of the ball. Uh, we just didn't quite have that outlet um, until maybe the last 20 minutes. But certainly, yeah, first half, minimal goal mouth action, uh, a good... I think competitive game in the midfield. West Ham with more of the ball, but of course, I don't think it's either team's strength to really break down a, a stubborn rear guard. Both sides had that, but we, we said before last week that we were looking forward to seeing uh, Salisu versus Antonio. I thought it would be more of a contest, but it was uh, it was a knockout win for for Salisu from from the off. He was he completely mauled him, and then uh, and then Stevens. Got in on the action with a bit of shithousery in the second half, didn't they?
1: Yeah, Stevens has been really growing on me this season. I've been really impressed with him, and uh, I think obviously it started from him pretty much telling Bruno Fernandes to stop diving around everywhere and actually be a bit of a man on the pitch. Um, but he's he's really upped his game, Stevens. I, again, like McCarthy, he has his critics, and I will be. I, you know, obviously he's he's not the best defender that we have, but he's certainly putting his wearing his heart on his sleeve like he always does and he is but it's the best partnership that we have at the moment i'd, I'd prefer stevens and salisa salisa and stevens have a really good understanding so far more so than between salisa and Bidnarik. and obviously we're yet to see lianko or i mean we talked about him last week but he looks like an absolute nutcase um so, so i mean to have him in defense we we've got options we've got options and we're looking dif- that was it was really impressive and as you say I don't know if Antonio's been let out of St. Mary's yet. He's going to need to sooner to get back in time for West Ham's next game. Well, Ed, well he doesn't need to hurry back, actually, because obviously he got rattled so much so that he got sent off.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think Stevens is offering something different to what the rest of them offer. I, I think he always has done uh, in terms of his strengths and his weaknesses. He, he's, yeah, you know, the others, and I include Vestergaard when he was with us and the Anko seems the same, um, Ben Narek. And Salisu too is that first and foremost they're defenders before they're ball players and and Ralph said how Salisu is is a great footballer but he still needs to work on his on his play in possession. Uh, Stevens is is someone who can sweep almost play that Jose Font role where he's the second centre back, not the dominant one. But then he, you know he's also very good. He's getting better and better, at winning his aerial duels, but we seem to, he seems to play better when he's got the bit between his teeth, you know, when he's, when he's got a player to really, I don't know. His tail he, up, as he, it
1: were.
0: Yeah, it's a bit like Ward Prowse every time he plays Zaha, you know, he just, as soon as he, he can get under someone's skin and get into a bit of a battle and get a bit nasty, that's when we're seeing him play his best football. So I'm, I'm, I'm all about that. Against Everton and against Newcastle, he didn't have as great games. But, but he wasn't in a, in a contest with that kind of character. You know, Richarlison could have been someone he could have got after maybe. But Calvert-Lewin and Callum Wilson, good movement, different types of players. You know, the physical contest, Calvert-Lewin was was dealt with by Salisu, But yeah, Antonio, they roughed him up. Uh, they annoyed him. He was used to having it his own way. And, and those two particularly played really, really well. Um, Livermento, I think, has had better games, but that will happen. He's only young and, and in possession. He, he wasn't the sort of kind of assured, his, his assured self. I was really impressed with Perot. We, we talked about who would play on that left-hand side. Perot would offer you the balance, but Walker-Peters may be the better player. But the energy and the pace that he showed, he didn't stop going up and down that wing. And as as the game went on and Saints looked more likely to score, and it was like counter-attack on, on each other, it went a bit end-to-end, he was he was up and down that flank and offered us a real outlet with pace a couple of times when uh, they counterattacked us. I think Antonio had a shot early in the second half and Ben Rama sort of uh, had a counter-attack. I think the one where um, McCarthy got down to his near post early in the second half, but he didn't stop the shot, but he prevented a, a kind of a one-on-one yeah. really was impressed with him. So yeah, all, all round good display. We did, um, get antonio so frustrated to the point where i don't think he lashed out i think he just didn't he didn't even think about being on a yellow card and we just he hadn't had a chance all game couldn't get near the ball and then once again it broke out from from his grasp within the area and he kind of tried to put a slight tackle in on gineppo and got it wrong and he had to go but Mm. the first one was hilarious wasn't it the first yellow card steven's had no intention of having him in a foot race he wasn't going to let him past him at one point had him in a full-on headlock and then uh obviously got chucked to the ground and and we've seen that a couple of times from stevens but i don't mind him taking a yellow as long as he's not going to be like antonio and, and end up with a red by the end of it
1: yeah yeah that was that was hilarious that challenge i was thing is i i must have only looked down at the last minute because all i'd seen was antonio sort of performing a bit of a wrestling move of jack stevens just thrown <laughs> to the ground so i was there like well, that's got to be a red card and then obviously i saw the replay and i was just like okay that's um six definitely one instigated half. <laughs> yes. by, by, by
0: stevens I mean, yeah. exactly
1: um as with the the sending off uh, as you said there's no um, malicious intent in it he's just frustrated he's gone to try and win the ball and it looks a lot worse than it actually is um but obviously it's still a yellow because it's a uh, quite a high foot so I uh, you know no you know get him off the field and having th- having had a few discussions with people I can understand now why the referee didn't play on um because if it's a red card they I know Saints are on the break but if Saints had screwed that up West Ham had got the ball gone down the other end of Antonio had scored or been part of the goal set up and then been sent off it would have been um,
0: um it would have uh, been tra- that's a good point um because I yeah I don't agree with the whole you can't come back and give someone a second yellow and a red card that that's that's I'm not I'm not having that whatsoever but yeah the fact the point that you make that he could then play a major role in in the play and you can't kind of play on for one team and not another then yeah that makes that does make sense although frustrating yeah but Southampton had had so many of those opportunities and West Ham in some ways but. second half so many opportunities to to counter three on three two on two and could not find that killer ball that was a story of the first half uh for both sides certainly the opportunities were there but they were quite lackadaisical and wasteful in those counter attacks um certain players more than others i think for saints but we'll get into that but I, i i think yeah in that instance. Maybe you're right. And who knows, you know, would we have created anything? I'm not sure. The one I was more frustrated with was when he stopped the play, when Liveramento had been played in down the right-hand side, inside the box. And Bonner had been down previous to that. He hadn't played the whistle straight away. Ball was brought down, I think, by Redmond. Great ball through ball to the byline. And he was, he was at the side of the six-yard box, ready to pick. No one anywhere near him, ready to pick someone out. And you know, I know we'd been wasteful, and, and but we would have had a very, very high chance of scoring a goal there. And and he blew the whistle just when we were in. And I know is in the box, and I know it's a head injury. But another two seconds, and the ball could have been in the back of the net, and they could have dealt with that. So I, I think I was I had I had more of an issue with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that moment. It's a case of like, if it's a, if it's a head, head injury, stop it straight away. Don't let the play carry on, and then. Um, I mean, again, you know, if if Bonner's down there and um, there's a melee in the box, someone then falls on top of him or something like that, then you're putting him in even more even, even more danger. But it's still, you know, it, it, it's annoying sometimes. And obviously, they don't necessarily always see the incident. But on that occasion, I thought it's a bit obvious that he's gone down with an injury, a head injury. Stop the game there. Don't let it carry on, and then stop it. It's <clears> a bit, it's a bit silly. Um, one point I just wanted to make um, regarding. Obviously, Saints couldn't quite make it stick in the first half, especially on the break, because I think they played the wrong kind of striker. I mean, West Ham have got huge, huge, um, a huge presence defensively, even like Sue Checker um, holding mid. And then you've, you know, you've got Bonner, you've got Dawson, two large, large defenders. Um, Adam Armstrong is not exactly the best p- person to play against those two in case of holding up possession. Obviously, he was playing up top with Nathan Redmond, so it's not a case of a big man, little man combination where you can get someone to hold it off and I don't see Armstrong muscling off those kind of defenders he's more just about getting in behind but as you said West Ham had set up to want to counterattack, so they were more than happy for Saints to try and run at them knowing that they're not going to actually get past them and obviously second half we changed that up we did bring a big lad on and what a performance he uh it was almost a perfect uh perfect cameo
0: yeah well absolutely I'll start with Armstrong first because you're right He's not the kind of player that you're going to pop up to, and it's going to stick to him. Um, if you want to play that kind of football, you play Chad Adams as your as your main man. But we obviously spent a, lot, a fair bit of money on him. He is um, he is our, our our number nine, and we yeah Ralph's going to want to play him after after that performance. I'm not sure he's going to want to play him as a lone striker because I don't see that he can do that role. Although. He did. He did just play it in another way. And when you say in terms of running in behind, there weren't that many chances. But I think there were a couple of chances in that first half where he was completely ignored. Uh, and he does like to. I've seen before. He likes to peel off onto that left channel and um, kind of. He was looking at running in behind Dawson a couple of times. We broke through the middle of the pitch, and I think maybe Redmond at one point, Ellie Lucy at another. And you're crying out just to play a through ball in behind Dawson. Sufa was well up the pitch. He'd he'd almost gone into that inside left flank um, onside. And you knew if you popped it in behind, he was going to get there ahead of Dawson, no problem. And and they they didn't pick him out. And I I couldn't really, for the life of me, understand why. Because they had plenty of time. They'd looked up. They'd seen him. The ball was on. That kind of, I think, that happened a couple of times. And West Ham shut that off. Um, but I was, I was saying on commentary to, to Rob, uh, and we said it at, at half time, and, and again when, when the second half started, that Adams would be the obvious choice for most Saints fans, I think, and maybe even Ralph to bring on because he's, it was a surprise that he was dropped in the first place, um, obviously, because of the formation. But if you're going to bring someone on to play up front in this game on their own to provide an outlet, then it had to be Brogier because Armstrong doesn't have the strength and the hold-up play that Adams has. Adams doesn't have the pace uh, that, that Armstrong does, but Brozier has both. And he was the obvious choice to come on. And I was, I was more than happy to see Ralph make that substitution when he did because he obviously, he obviously thought the same thing. And, and we saw it immediately uh, all the way up until full time. That, that was exactly what he did. First one, they played down the wing to him. Looked like he was going to hold it up. Dragged Elk Bonner in and on a 180 spin, first time, played it down the line. Went past him like he wasn't there. Put a ball in the box and Elianusi almost got on the end of it. Then he does the same thing and spins Dawson in the centre circle. Then he's running at Elk Bonner, uh, Turned him inside out great shot across and hit the post. I think my words on commentary were um, we now know what Bonner's nightmares look like the new man up front because he had him he had him panicking and, and then he even from a corner even uh, flicked on and, and had one off the line. So, you know, on another day he could have had a couple of goals from that cameo but he looked uh, he, he looked sensational. I, I felt like being there live and watching it I almost, I felt like it was like a real moment like a real start of Something Like he's going to be a big player, whether it's at Saints or at Chelsea or whatever. But when he came on, I hadn't, I hadn't sort of seen that from like a debutant in a, like a long, long time. Um, and, and he was, yeah, he was really impressive. And hopefully he can keep it up because Ralph's had some sort of choice words about him and, and apparently with him some stern conversations because he wasn't quite um, in the right frame of mind and, and doing the right things. But certainly seemed to have an effect.
1: It certainly did, and I think what what the game has shown, and especially with Brojo, is how the quality may not be better, but we seem to have a more balanced squad this season. That we've got strength. As we talked last episode, we've got strength and depth in departments, and having you know, instead of having Ings, who is like all the way like really really high level, and then Adams and then the likes of Long, Oberfemi Redmond, whoever we're shoehorning in, we've now got Armstrong, we've got Adams, we've got Broger, three players that all provide something different to our strike force and don't look like they're... The, they all look like they can be in competition with each other. Because if we had Ings, even if Adams is the best striker to play against West Ham, if we still had Ings, we'd be playing him against West Ham. We'd have played him in that game.
0: You do wonder, though, if that game would have ended up 1-0 if Danny Ings was on the pitch.
1: You do? You do. But the point I'm just trying to, you know, trying to make just at the moment is that with the players that we do have, they're all in competition with each other. And it's not a case of one is so much better than the other. And the rest is the rest are sort of like cannon no. fodder. No. Like we bring them on just because there's nobody else we can bring on. And well, you have choices
0: in, in ways to play tactically, don't you? Mm. Which you <clears throat> we're starting to see now he's changed it at halftime in the Man United game to put three at the back. He's now gone to 4-1, 4-1, playing one up front and changed the type of striker. Whereas, like you said before, it would have been, you know, Ings would have played and, and there wasn't there wasn't much adaptability. So we can go into games and, you know, that famous quote when we were riding high in the top echelons of the league, Ralph said, "Oh, we don't care about what everyone else is doing. We don't focus on them. We we just play, we just do what we do. It was great then. It turned out to be... Um, Disaster. To be, to be bullshit, really. But, yeah, disaster. So, we now, he can look at those and he can say, you know, what is the best way to set up? And he has a squad that should allow him to play in any way that he wants to, barring injuries, which is a, a completely different place to where we were last season. Um, yeah, and I think it's a real positive. I think Brozier personally, needs to start against Man City because you're playing against a team where you are going to need as many players... In the midfield and in defence as possible, you are going to play one up front. Brozija is the obvious choice for me, um, and yeah, and he was he was only a, a few centimeters away from getting what two goals. You know, when he hit the post and had one off the line. So yeah, great performance from him. Um, Saints did deserve to win that match in the end, based on the last twenty minutes after he came on, completely changed the game. And uh, but I'm really pleased to see. Solid performance from our defensive unit, uh, but also <clears throat> being a, a tactical awareness from the manager to to get that clean sheet, to make sure we were, uh, were not easy to beat. And that's something that we haven't really seen under Ralph. What did you think of the formation? Because it was a 4-1-4-1, 4-1, which, which meant that Romelu would play holding midfield on his own and, and Elianusi would play in a, in a more central role, almost sometimes as a number 10 but I found that it really freed up James Ward-Prowse to get involved in the attacks, which he often can't because he's part of a two-man kind of midfield and there's two strikers. But it, apart from when Romero went off, and I um, thought it was interesting to see Ward-Prowse played that holding role rather than Diallo. Mm. Maybe more trust. Maybe he just wanted the energy of Diallo further forward. But I, I think I think we looked. It looked a lot more balanced, and we looked a lot more. Um, solid certainly when we didn't have the ball
1: yeah yeah we there was there was a lot more solidarity in the side um i was i was a little bit i thought it was setting up quite negatively at the start i thought you know west ham they are flying high but this is a game that they're certainly beatable but i think in the way that we played and the way that the game went i thought we did really really well and we set ourselves up really really well and it was a case of we could actually adapt to different teams and I know some people were complaining, oh, we've just played pretty much part of the bus against West Ham. What have we come to? It's like, but these are games that last season we would have lost. And-
0: yeah, I'd love to see it. I think if, I think you're absolutely right that we, we did set up negatively, but I, I not only did I not mind, but I was, I was quite happy to see that because we've been crying out for it for ages. We've been leaking goals. We've been way too open and we wanted three in the middle and we got that. And lo and behold, we, we, res, we stopped the highest scorers in the league and uh, one of the top teams in the table with a top scorer from having even one real chance from open play. And you go from that to the last year, year and a half, where we've been cut open left, right and centre. So, yeah, if you're a Newcastle fan or, or something like that, where you're used to seeing negative formations in football every week, then yeah, I can see why you'd be annoyed. But when we clearly have a problem and the manager fixes it by, by being solid, it was it was just refreshing to see because we wanted to see a defensive performance like that for a while. And yes, we didn't score, but we had that, it was almost stay in the game, stay in the game. Then we changed something with good substitutions, which we haven't seen in a long time. Brozier came on and we can go and nick it. And that, and I'm, I'm more than happy to see us play that way in, in in certain games against those those better teams.
1: Yeah, and now we're I know we're four games into the season, and we've got we've we we know we've got a difficult start. I mean, you know, Everton, Newcastle, Manchester United, West Ham, and we've only lost one of those games so far. We haven't won a game yet, but considering the start that we've had, I think not many people would be predicting us to have three points at this stage even if that was you know even if that was just the one win against Newcastle and three losses against all the other sides no but this is it we've only lost one game and the win will come we're playing well but also we're just showing that solid side of us where we could have easily tried to beat or beat all of those teams and just got picked off on the break it's a very it's a far cry from the opening day of the season where we've taken the lead and then capitulated in the second half. And we, you know, we were talking about how, you know, it's the same old, same old, how many times have we seen this over the last, you know, 18 months we've now, there's been such an improvement, such an improvement. Yeah. The attacking football is, you know, sort of suffered from it, but defensively we seem to be getting it sorted. Yeah. It may not carry on into the next game because of who we're playing, but there are encouraging signs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and we have had a tough start to the season and it continues and we'll go on to talk about the next few games uh, shortly. But you, yeah, you're right in, in that. I, I would prefer, if we're going to get three points, I'd prefer us to have done it the way we have done than to have beaten Newcastle and lost to the other three teams. Because, you know, the away games are more difficult you know, last season, not so much because um, because there were no fans. This season, definitely, even more so than before, and especially at the beginning of the season, because fans are coming back into stadiums and and it's a huge boost for the home team. And we saw that against Everton, you know, new manager, first game, first game where everyone was allowed back in and they started poorly, but yeah, we capitulated and they beat us. Newcastle is a game that we'd like, if it was at home, we'd be expecting to win that. But away from home, a point's a good point. And then your two home games are against Manchester United, where a point is a great result and no one expected it. And West Ham, who are the informed side of of the season so far, and we stopped them from scoring. So I think there are more positives than negatives to take away from it. And over the season, everyone plays each other twice. We all know that. Right now we're doing well to get something out of games that maybe we don't expect to get something out of. But then the proof will be in the pudding when it comes to those runs of games where we play sides that are lower down in the table that we expect to go and beat. That's when, that's when the onus is on us to, to get three points. But we're, stay, we're staying in games. And uh, with a hard start to the, to the season, we're up in, what, like 13th, 14th, something like that at the moment. And I know the, the table doesn't form really for, for another few weeks yet properly, but we've had we've had difficult fixtures. Um and we're we're probably outperforming where we should be in the table. So happy to see it and happy to see improvements, even if we haven't quite got that win yet.
1: Exactly. And you know with the fixtures that we've had if, if Ralph can, had made no changes and continued the way that he wanted to like um and continued the way we played against Everton we could easily be sat just above norwich at the bottom of the table but the fact is not only have we got 3 points and only lost once the goal difference is only minus 2 you know where that that shows how much stronger i know as we're celebrating i'm celebrating only being on minus 2 but it also means that we've we've got three points and we've drawn against these difficult sides and we're in a run of fixtures that in uh, if they were scattered about in any other season we'd see them as bonus points and as you said when it gets to the the the, the real test will be when we play the likes of burnley norwich watford brentford when we come against those sides we're going to be expected to win. And if we don't get them, then we, can ha- then we can have cause for concern. But at the moment, we're playing teams that we have been predicting. That I think you predicted a loss against West Ham. I, correct me if I'm wrong. I think I was thinking a draw would be a, a, a very good result. We were both predicted to get absolutely hammered by Manchester United so much so that we were even dreading a repeat of last season's result. And here we are. Four games into the season, we've only lost the opening game and we've been yeah. looked really solid. So I think maybe we should
0: continue with these predictions as they seem to be working.
1: Yeah, okay. Welcome to Under the Lights, where we're going to be incredibly negative for the rest of the season in <laughs> hope that it's reverse psychology. Let let's move on, mate. Um, because the games don't get any easier, and arguably I'd say either the hardest or the second hardest game is this weekend. Um Manchester City away. I mean, there's not, much yeah. dis- there's not much dissecting to do. Every Saints fan knows that a point would be an incredible result to get, and a win would just be miraculous.
0: Yeah, well, two of the next three league games are free hits for us. Um, You're you saying we, I expected us to lose, and we we're talking about the Man United games and everything. Uh, the one thing I did expect in the West Ham game were goals, um, and there weren't. And and you'd expect there to be a lot of goals for Man City this time around. And they will be much better and there will be a much sterner test in terms of our solid rear guard. Because we were playing a side that plays on the counter-attack, isn't good at breaking down stubborn defences. We're about to play the side that is the best probably in Europe at doing that. So, w- as switched on as our defence and midfield were at the weekend... They're going to have to be even more switched on for this game because there will be there will be they'll be playing twenty yards further up the pitch uh, or more so even when one player can't get through in their position there'll be multiple other ones to choose from the movement will be ridiculous and it will be very hard for us to contain them. Um, that being said, staying in the game as long as possible and maybe even getting into half time level will be a real bonus for us and something that we can build on and I'm hoping that someone like a Broja up front can give us that outlet where we do have a threat because as soon as you play a side like man city and they and you don't have a threat and you're not playing with a striker, and every time we get the ball we're just hoofing it clear, giving it back to them, they're coming again, then they're going to break you down there's going to be a goal even if it's a scrappy deflection or something or or one that falls in the box like Bernardo's was against Leicester. So to have someone up there occupying them and to potentially take the pressure off is huge and it gives them something to worry about instead of just focusing on the attack. Whether he'll play him from the start or try and um, bring him on late on, I don't know. I don't think we're going to be in the, in the position to try and nick the game late on like we may have been against West Ham. So for me, Brozier starts and gives us that outball. Last thing you want five, 10 minutes in is to already be backs against the walls, wave after wave of attack. Um, That is going to happen at times. And we've just got to be clever in our defending. And this this is the sort of game where you see what the likes of Sally Sue and, and especially Stevens are about. These are the sorts of games where in the past, Stevens may have let us down. You know, he might not have tracked the movement. He might not track the run. He might be switched off to the run at the far post. Etc. rather than having everything in front of him and getting a physical altercation. Because Torres has been playing up front or it's a false nine. So those two won't have a direct opposite number. They'll be having to watch and see as players change positions and float in and out of areas of the pitch. Um, and th- that will be the biggest test for them. Uh, McCarthy will need to continue his, his dominance of his area although they don't cross as much just in terms of commanding and and organising his defence. And the likes of Perot and Liveramento are going to be up against players like Grealish and Guerrero Jesus. So it will be really interesting. I do think we'll play 4-1, 4-1. Maybe even Elianusi coming out for Diallo. But, you know, it depends just how much of a bus you want to park. Um, But, yeah, we'll yeah we should lose this game really it's a free hit but it would just be a really good opportunity for us to put in a, a valiant performance I remember playing up there a few seasons back you know when it was nil-nil for ages or one, 1-1 one, and Sterling scored in like the last minute
1: yeah.
0: and it was agonizing to concede so late but the performance defensively was so resolute and we've done it a couple of times the Che Adams won during lockdown where he scored the the one to go, and we beat them. The defense was so resolute, and we Stevens has done that before. Uh, but I think it might be a little bit too much to ask for us to get something
1: from is this, this a, game. Is this a game that we bring Walker Peters in for maybe Livramento, just for that slightly more experienced head? I think it's a game where you
0: play them both, if I'm honest. Then, and we, we've said it a million times before, and those on Twitter have said it. And I've seen recently that Ralph is considering that as an option going forward, whether that's because we've got Man City and Chelsea away to two of the next three league games, I don't know. But uh, to play Walker-Peters at right-back and then Liveramento um, on, on the right of a four-man, five-man midfield, I think makes perfect sense. Especially with Cancelo on that side, usually. Mm. Uh, it, it makes complete sense to me. Uh, it just depends how many of those players... you know, By the end of it, if you put him there, and then you bring Diallo to play instead of Elianusi. And all of a sudden, you've got Giannepo on the other side just tracking back. Then suddenly Brogier, whoever's up front, is you like your only attacking player. And we're we're hoping he wins free kicks and we can get something from a set piece. But let's see.
1: Yeah, I think there's not really too much we can add on it up in terms of tactical analysis. It's a case of if we get anything from the game, then we'll be incredibly incredibly happy i mean it, it, again this is it's a game that we don't really need to be worried about to be honest we don't expect anything if i'm being honest i think i don't think we'll get battered i think it will probably be three, three that, nil. We, we, will,
0: we will get battered um we will get absolutely smashed yeah seven under the lights cynicism is, is here yeah. and it's here to stay <laughs> yeah
1: and um you know, R- Ralph is tactically inept and he's not going to know how to handle this game and he's going to... is going to be put at left-back and it's just, ah, oh, not looking forward to it. De Bruyne
0: might be back for his first start as well. I don't know if he's going to play tonight in the Champions League because we are recording this on the Wednesday. Uh So that that might be an extra thing to have to, to worry about. Yeah. I'm hoping that uh they're playing... I don't know who they're playing in the Champions Leipzig. League. Leipzig. Yeah, so a better side than us. So I'm hoping that maybe... They might play their better players in that game, but then you know someone yeah, like Mares. It... <laughs> yeah, Mariz will come in at the weekend, was... and is is that any, you know, is that any worse? Does that weaken them in any way, shape, or form? Exactly, I don't think so. But yeah, I I I, I agree with you. I, I'd like to think that a positive from this weekend would be that we're in the game for a while. We do pose a threat, but in the whole, hu- on the whole, we defend well, and mm-hmm. we don't we don't get beaten by a wide margin
1: exactly exactly now probably the same
0: for every side that goes up to man City yeah yeah it's a, it's,
1: football, a it's, you know? it's a write-off don't worry too much about it and if we get something from the game then we can completely wax lyrical next week about how what a superb result but unlikely to happen but you never know now
0: they, they have won. they have won their two home games of <coughs> the season thus far though so if we did lose five yeah but they've
1: been playing relegation fodder norwich and arsenal so we we um, wouldn't
0: we wouldn't be you know it wouldn't be uh out of place for us to lose 5-0 it would just be one of the others you know
1: exactly um obviously after we'll talk about the next run of fixtures in the premier league because i was going to say they start to get easier but they don't um in between city and wolves next week got a cup game against Sheffield United, away at Granville Lane on Tuesday night. Now, this season, I don't think too much emphasis should be put on a cup run. We're not in a position at the moment where, like we were last season, where we could put the league a little bit to one side and really go for it. It's only the third round, I think. Sheffield United, though, beatable opposition. They don't seem to have woken up yet from their Premier League nightmare last season. Um I think you make changes. I continue Brogia up front, to be honest. I start the likes of Walker-Peters. It's, I think it's a game that we, we really should, should be winning comfortably, um, to be honest. But it depends on how many changes Ralph wants to make for it because there's a bit of a difference between changing pretty much your entire side against League 2 opposition and a team that's just been relegated from the Premier League.
0: True, true, but they're there, they're there for the beating, aren't they? And, and I'd be happy for us to make a, a fair few changes for this game. It's funny you should say maybe Brozier should play because, it's, based on the weekend and the games we have coming up, you know, is, is Brozier a league player for the time being? And then the likes of maybe a Che Adams and Nathan Teller, mm. or maybe even Armstrong to play in. In this game, because, you know, we, we'll play with two up front, I would think, against Sheffield United. So, yeah, I, I think whoever plays in the league, essentially, in the striking option, certainly won't be playing against Sheffield United, you know, unless you wanted to give someone some confidence and some goals. But I don't feel like Broglie's the sort of person that needs that. No. Uh, I, I would, I mean, Nathan Teller will definitely start for me with another up front adams if he doesn't play against man city most likely wall Prowse will be there again probably with diallo i'd start um,
1: lianko probably for it i think that'd be a good game yeah. to get him in
0: yeah i think he should come in for that as well and play alongside benarek walker peters and probably perot but you know if thierry small is in a position to, to play at left back then that would be good to see um Small bonus back in training.
1: That's like really good.
0: To, I'd like to see him, if, if available and ready and 100%, if we could get him some match sharpness in the cup, would be great. You know, those sorts of players. If Stuart Armstrong's available to try and get some fitness back, maybe see him in there. Um, and then it'll be this, the, you know, the same old others, will not it? You know, your or so your Redmonds and, and whatever. Yeah. I was really disappointed with Redmond at the weekend, I've got to be honest, just with his... You know, when he went, you know when he went through and it was two on one and, and Armstrong did everything right on the right wing, fizzed yeah. the ball over and he was in? I, w- I wasn't doing the, um, the commentary on that section. I was co content But, but m- on my immediate thoughts, even when he went through one-on-one and it, was, it would have been more likely for a professional player to score than to miss, m- my immediate thoughts were he's going to fuck this up somehow yeah like probably by coming back inside and bringing the defender back into play and not even shooting exactly what he did Stood yeah. still in the middle of the box couldn't believe what i was seeing even though i knew it was going to happen it was like you see players other players just it comes onto to that. even if you can't get on your right foot you're in a position where you can hit that with your left foot and 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 score uh, yeah we're going on a tangent but i'll just i mentioned his name when we were going through that team mm. Yeah, that was the guilt chance of all of them, but um, yeah, I think he'll probably play. You know, we've seen at that level that he can, yeah, you know, he can win us games against championship sides. So it, there will be a second-string team with Ward Prowse still still there, I imagine. Maybe one or two others starting. But you say second-string, but it's still you know, it's a solid Torster, side. Foster, Bednarik, Walker Peters, probably Perot, Ward Prowse, you know Diallo. Trey Adams is still strong, you know. Players that were in the starting eleven last season. So, yeah, I, I think I think it gives us a great opportunity if we avoid difficult ties early on. I think it gives us a great opportunity for a cup run, um, which is exciting. Now, I don't know how how you feel now, but I think you you posed a question to me before the last game, saying, "Is West Ham a must win?" because of the fixtures that we had coming up and the lack of wins in the first three games. And I said, no, it's not. Um, I I would say that Wolves was more of a must win. Well, we're nearing that game now. It's obviously after those two, we're looking a little bit further ahead, but we just want to go through the next sort of six or seven fixtures because there seems to be light at the end of this dark tunnel. But after Man City, and before Chelsea, both away games, there's a home game against Wolves where if, if, if we don't win that, then it's likely that we'll, have, we'll suddenly the statistic will be played 7-1-0. And then that might bring a bit of a more negative connotation than only one loss in four. So we know the fixtures are hard. And personally, I don't think Wolves is an easy fixture. I think that's a tough game. Um, and in in any other part of the season, I'd probably say you know, a point wouldn't be a bad point, even at St. Mary's. But how do you feel about that game going ahead? Because we'll get into the, the next run of fixtures after that. Is it the be all and end all if we don't get a, a result from that game?
1: Not at all, I don't think so. Um, I know it would be the uh, played for City Five, so it'd be the sixth game of the season. Yeah.
0: But we're writing off the seventh essentially because we're playing Chelsea away.
1: Okay, okay, yeah, that's that's a fair point. I still think it's not. I think it's a game that you don't lose. If I'm being completely honest with you, because no one gets relegated. Another
0: draw.
1: (laughs) Well, the thing is, no one gets relegated after seven games. To be honest, I mean, if you've lost every single one, then yeah, you've got you've put yourself in a in a spot of bother. But it's it's a run of really hideous fixtures, and if we can just uh, for for. Until the big games come along, if we can just trundle along and pick up points here and there, just keep keep the total ticking over. If, of course, we were going into the game, um, you know, just having been tonked by United, City, Everton, West Ham, then yeah, it'd be a much more of a cause for concern. But I think we consider. We're considering it a loss against Manchester City. I think most sane fans will will predict that. So we're going into the game five without a win, but we've also got three points, and we're looking fairly solid. I'd only I only will start getting concerned if we don't, if when the fixtures get I say easier in quotation marks because no game is easy. Um, but if we then can't pick up points in those games, then yeah, that is a cause for concern. But at the moment, we're playing difficult matches. Wolves, although they've only won one game this season and lost the others, um, they've looked in all of the matches that they've played, and they have played some of the biggest teams so far this season. And they've looked they've looked good, and they've got that first win, so they'll be their confidence will be will be better. Their new striker has scored off on his debut, so I don't think it's a I don't think it's a, a must win. Because it will only be the sixth game of the season. Yeah, we'll probably lose at Chelsea. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be worried that we haven't won a game as long. But I'd be if if we lost it, I'd be pretty. Uh, I'd be pretty annoyed. So I think it's just a must not lose because then you know four points from seven games. On on paper, it doesn't look great, but also that's four games undefeated and only three losses, which for the run of fixtures that we had is not horrific.
0: Yeah, and having played such difficult fixtures, after we get Chelsea out of the way, of the top four sides, we only have Liverpool to play before the 22nd of January, where we have another horror run of fixtures. So, you know, I'm not including you Le- know, Le- Le- Leicester, Tottenham, Arsenal, you know, we still have to play, but they're not of the same difficulty as, nice. as those expected top four as we have it down. So once we get Chelsea out of the way, Liverpool is is the only one we've not played, and we won't play another one apart from them all the way until the twenty second of January. So we have a huge run of games, and that's where we expect to be picking up the bulk of our points. Before that, between Chelsea and Liverpool, so game week seven and thirteen, we have a nice little run of five games, and as we said, this is the this will be where the you know the We find out the men from the boys, this is where we really look to pick up some points. Uh, Because suddenly after 12 games, we've probably had a similar level of fixture difficulty as everyone else. And that's where we play Leeds at home, Burnley at home, Watford away, Villa at home, Norwich away. Now out of those five games, we should be You've looking at be looking three winning,
1: three winning, three wins at least.
0: Well, if there's three home games there and two away games against promoted sides, so in in terms of uh, an ability to get results in all of those games, you know, they're they're there. Uh, Leeds and Burnley haven't started the season well. Aston Villa seem to still be trying to get things together. So, you know, we're looking ahead of ourselves. But the point being that if we Don't pick up a result against Wolves. And we do lose, as expected, against City and Chelsea. And we've got three or four points from seven. That's not where we need to judge where we are. What we need to do is judge on whether we can win those winnable games. Stay in the other games, but win the more winnable ones. I do think Wolves are a really good side. I do think... Going against our pre-season predictions, knowing a little bit more about them and having seen them play under the new manager, I do think they'll be difficult to score against and I do think they hold a threat. And uh, if you push me now, I'd probably expect them to finish in the top half by the end of the season. I think they look, they look that strong. So when they do come to St Mary's, there w- it will be a real test. Uh, But it'll be a test for them as well. So that'll be really interesting to see. But yeah, there's certainly more winnable games on the horizon. So you have to stick with us, Saints fans, as we know you will. City at the weekend, it might not be pretty, but hopefully what I'm hoping to see from these games is something different from what I've seen from the last couple of seasons where, yeah, everyone expects to lose at Man City and Chelsea, but we're in it and we maybe cause them some problems. Um, and and that's that's where we're looking. But if we get a win against Sheffield United in the cup as well, and something from Wolves, then I think we've I think we've had a good start to the season where we've negotiated a really tricky patch.
1: Yeah, and if you think about it, if we beat Wolves and again losing to City and Chelsea, then that would be six points from the opening seven. A win, three draws, and what three defeats is not a bad start, especially with those fixtures that we've had. Obviously another point to remember about Chelsea is Broger wouldn't be able to play um yeah. as he's on loan. I would imagine Livermento can. I don't think there's any clause in his contract that says he can't. I don't think they'd be able to do that anyway. Um so we lose we lose Broger. And you know, it depends on you know if, if 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 the incredible happens and we do get a point at City or Chelsea, which is not out of the question, it's just unlikely, then we can consider it an incredibly good start even if we don't get a win out of those two games um if we get something against wolves to get a win then it's a case of we're looking at the start of the season thinking wow this is much much higher than we th- we were expecting and yeah. th- i've seen enough from the opening four games to think that whilst we're not going to be pulling up any trees we don't we don't look like we're going to be in trouble but as you said the proof will be in the pudding when we start to play it. when we get to that run of fixtures against your burnleys your villas your watfords and especially Norwich, because at the moment, I know they played the difficult, very difficult fixtures. But if we can't get, if we can't beat Norwich, then it's, you, well, well, we'll talk about it when we're closer to the time. They may have yeah. had an upturn. Yeah, that's
0: not till the, the, the 20th of November. So that's at the end of that kind of five game spell of nice fixtures. But when you look at the table, there are sides that are beneath us that have played more winnable games than us. Mm. And that's a good place to be in at the moment. Yeah. Um, We've we've had a a fair look ahead there. So uh, probably don't need to do a podcast for the next six weeks, which should be uh, nice and easy. But um, one thing we do need to do is take a look at our...
1: I didn't change it. I didn't change Aubameyang and he got a goal Uh, against Norwich. There we go. I'll
0: ask you that question. Have a look at the fantasy football. Tom... Murray, how did you do? I never looked Tom until we get to this point, but you are you are climbing. You are on the rise. Um, nice green arrow. You are in the under the lights league. You are fortieth out uh, of forty nine. So you're. Uh, I'm out of yeah, the relegations not, not, not quite in the relegation scrap yet but you could be sucked in i might i might
1: have to do a few changes i might have to put um wait who have manchester united got manchester united got this weekend
0: uh west ham oh. ooh, ooh, ooh. but yeah uh, Aubameyang did you know Aubameyang helped you out of all the players that you had he was your he, he had the highest score before captaining him so you know you couldn't have captained a, a better player in your team obviously if you had Ronaldo then you would have yeah
1: well I, I, I might have to get I might have to get him in the side I know they've just lost to young boys um but he's score he's got three goals in his first what one and a half games
0: yeah um I have climbed to the top this week but There's been some wild cards played this week and there are some pretty big scores. There are some high climbers, but the highest score in our league, a massive 92 from uh, Kim Hughes, Kim Hardluck. And she didn't play a wild card. So actually that's even more astonishing. Ronaldo captain helps. Salah, Trent, Mendy, who got all kinds of points. Decore and Gray both getting in there. Probably looked quite bleak after mm. half half the game, but uh, plenty of points there. So um, yeah, and then P- Roman Perot on the bench, who would have got six points anyway. So yeah, all round uh, good work there from Kim. And we've got a, a a title race hotting up and a relegation scrap that I'm sure one Tom Murray will find himself in.
1: No, no, no. All I, all I can all I can say as a tip going forward for this weekend is if. You have any Saints defenders, get them out of your team.
0: <laughs> I've got Livermento and I've got a lot of injuries that happened last week and I'm I'm struggling as at the moment. He's he's got to play for me against uh mm. against this is when Livermento this is
1: yeah, but this is when Livermento opens his account in style, scores an absolute belter. A win is not out of the question. A win well, actually wait, sorry, getting anything is not out of the question. A win That's would be
0: we can't go from Cynical predictions to we might go and win the hardest game in the league.
1: I mean, if we do, then we're going to be on cloud fucking nine, aren't we, mate? <laughs>
0: I know. I know. Title challenges if we win this weekend.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly.
0: Right. We've kept the listeners for long enough. We Thanks have. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for sticking with us throughout this, if you uh, if you have done. Um, you can find me at Callum Wilson 21 on Twitter. You You can can find the podcast at under underscore saints.
1: You can find me at T214Murray. Had to wait my turn there. And as always, thank you very much for listening and stay safe. Stay wonderful. (laughs) (laughs)